The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. Did you know that compact fluorescent light bulbs use 60% less energy than regular light bulbs? And that each one saves about 300 pounds of carbon dioxide a year. If all Americans switched to CFLs, we would save more than 90 billion pounds of carbon dioxide. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Muni Radio in San Francisco. People from all over the Bay Area come to the Lindsay Wildlife Museum to experience close encounters with live wild animals. The museum's living collection features more than 50 species of non-releasable native California animals. Visitors can see and learn about wildlife such as eagles, owls, bobcats, coyotes, reptiles, and other fascinating creatures. The museum's world-renowned Wildlife Rehabilitation Hospital treats more than 5,000 wild animals each year with the goal of returning them to their native habitat. The Lindsay Wildlife Museum is in Walnut Creek. To learn more, visit wildlife-museum.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Communist folding chairs, baby. Hey, this sounds very Jewish, Zach. It's Russian. Yeah. No Jews involved. Russian Jews. No, very oppressed Jews. Yeah. That's we're true. not gonna. These weren't. These weren't good. Uh, these weren't Jews with upward mobility. No, uh, no, not so much. Well, that's the thing about trying to run the banks in a communist society is that the capitalists really have all the banks. Um, you know that old saying, you know. Uh, in order to run all the banks, you got to break a few Jews. 
Is that the? Yeah, I think that's how it goes. I'm pretty good. <laughs> um, this is communist folding chairs. Uh, welcome to the show, you lazy shit bags. Hi. I, I like to appeal to my audience base. Yeah, that, this is why people boo you, Zach. Well, hello and welcome. This is the Common Thread Collective. Happy Friday, everybody. It's January 8th. Hey, Dave. Hey. Hey, Valerie. Here we be once again. Uh, by 2016, putting it out there. And I see here's our brother. I'm talking about Bloodflower. Yeah. And I, you know what I realized? That the microphones are fine and my headphones are 
the ones that are giving me trouble. Oh, so yeah, uh, I, so that's remi- that's uh, something we can remedy for sure. But yeah, happy Friday, everybody. We're going to start with uh, Bloodflower on piano. And then one of our guests today is Edward Lindo. Edwin Lindo. Edwin Lindo. Candidate for District 9, supervisor of our, our man David Campos has been termed out. You get two terms and you termed out. You have to run for something else or do something else. And there's a, a few candidates coming in, but Edwin Lindo is uh, coming as the anti-gentrification, as the candidate of the people. And we were at a great event at, uh, at uh, Bravo Theater, Pact of the Rafters. We'll be talking about that. And uh, this is the beginning of a, of a campaign count-up. Beginning uh, where we'll go up. from here. So he's going to be coming in at P15. And meanwhile, here is Bloodflower. All right. Take it away, Bloodflower. Sounds good.
Hey, Bud Flower. Lovely. What an introduction. Lovely. Thank you, you ladies and gentlemen and members of the faculty. Members of the faculty. <laughs> you, uh, and we have a quorum. You all do it yourself each and every week. We can see the progress as we get used to it. And it's so glad to walk down that sidewalk on 21st Street towards the uh, Mutiny Radio, thinking what's going to be, what are we going to be doing, Havel? What are we going to be doing? Trying to put in my head some idea. And I look up, and there he is, Bud, Bud Flower, ready to open up, open up, open up. I know. It's Make so it nice. And we, we really appreciate you coming. And, and we appreciate everybody who comes because, uh, you know, we show up, like Dave said, and, uh, we you know, we have a, a few things to, to throw out there. But uh, it's really a community effort to do the Common Thread Collective every week. Um, so happy to be here at Mutiny Radio. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Hey, hey you too. Uh-oh. Well, here's Richard is here and... We got Richard Sandrill and Dan Brady. Is this on? Dan Brady, we're on. I don't know. We're heard Dan Brady, everybody. I don't know if that's on. Hey, uh, hey, Dan Brady. What is everybody as we stream this around the planet? I don't know if that's on, actually. Well, I don't know. Well, are we are we on? Are we here? <laughs> it, it's on. Just <laughs> keep this, keep yeah, a, a little, keep a safe distance from here. it. Yeah, it's it's on. Okay, we're yeah. already. I should get to close. This is good. Like, it's, that perfect. sounds perfect. You know, like, okay. perfect. Have to deal with this. It's a it's a sensitive microphone, but, test, but test. you're dealing you're you're treating it very nicely. Dad Brady, what Go ahead, you Dave. here today? It's so good. Uh, Dan Brady, by the way, is a longtime uh, um, maestro at Sacred Grounds Cafe for the open mic spoken word for many many years, and here he'd be right now. Hey, Dan, so good to see you. Diamond Dave, thank you so much. Val, thank you. Mr. Sanderell, thank you. And all the women and children and people at home out there sailing the seas, we thank you very much. <laughs> so the, the reason why I'm here today and speaking so early is because we're going to honor Diamond Dave in a series of events yet to come. And I'm going to give the details of those. Of course, I bet they'll be found in, on the web in different places. But here they are for your very own ears. So... Um, the first thing that's going to happen is January 29th, right here at Mutiny Radio, which, in case you didn't know the address, so this, this machine would only do what I wanted to do. It's not doing what I wanted to do. Um, that's 2781 oh, uh, 21st Street. 2781 21st Street near Florida, San Francisco. And uh, the call-in number is 415-550-0511. On that day, people can come by and talk about him or call in and talk about him. That's the first event to get things ready. But the biggie is the Correct Auditorium, Main Library of San Francisco, 100 Larkin Street. And that starts at 4.30, I believe. Is that right about that? Yep, 4.30. And there, there's going to be a, a large number of guests. Myself, everybody was just mentioned, Val, Dave, um, Richard, and myself, and many others who will honor him in various ways. So come on by. It's a free event. It will be great. And then on February 3rd, He's going to be the guest of honor at Sacred Grounds, the longest-running open mic in San Francisco that I host. And I talked him into coming here, and that's uh, 7 p.m., uh, Wednesday, February 3rd, Hayes and Cole. And it's been around for since, I don't know, 40 years-ish or something like that. So I've, I haven't been there that long, but it seems like it Who sometimes. Replaced, uh, she went to the sky, went to, to the spirit world, the other side of the camp. We're talking about... Woman. Johanna Wedgwood. Uh, Johanna. Who, uh, and Johanna a Wedgwood, one of the English Wedgwoods. And uh, she kept that going. She was the first one that was really, in many ways, certainly one of the first open mics to come out of the Haight-Ashbury. Yeah, yeah. She was there over 20 years, something and, like that. And her spirit, her poetry, do, uh, do you have any copies of that? Because I'd really love to include that if we can't find it. I, I could, did buy her book 
she which she came out with her first big anthology three days before she passed away and i got wow. a copy of that and um i don't know i i I have in touch with her daughter. I could find out if there's well, spare yeah, copies Yeah, her daughter there. was a friend of mine from when she was very little, when she was still a babe in arms. Now she's, and she's followed her mother's footsteps in many ways. So I'd like to invite her for sure. Okay, have I will see to it that we... Has she, has she in, been by? Invite her. Yeah, we have, because uh, she, she, uh, she, when I was in the midst of, because I think what you're talking about, we're talking about the three generations that have been part of the beatnik, one-third. Yeah. The hippie, one-third, and the punk rock, one-third. And her daughter was old enough to, to emerge in that generation of punk rock. And it was, it was interesting because Johanna was a witch, a good witch, I must add. And uh, her, coven, her coven, a lot of poetry had to do with that, with, uh, with, that, with the pagan side of life, which Johanna yeah. really, really nailed out put down there week after week after week. Oh, yeah. She, she, the thing that was interesting about her when she hosted, she would sit back and sometimes you would see when she'd be like, you know, closing your eyes, just holding the space or the silence while everybody did what they did. And she would rarely read. And you had to encourage her to do that. You know, she would, but, you know, she looked at it as a place where she let other people do their thing. And she just held it for them. And she was definitely a special friend of mine. I'll just put it that way. So, so I want to, certainly we, we need to include her in and maybe have a look back after all these years as you've been there, Dan, to the years of Johanna Wedgwood. Because I, I used to be there every week. I'd walk across that panhandle going back to the 70s, yeah. I believe. Yeah. And uh, go across that pan and participate. It was my first regular participation. And now we're here. And also my brother Ryan, should be included, and we'll try. We can find him through Facebook, and now because now we have this, uh, these, uh, these, uh, these social media that we can call on to make this happen. Yeah, I'm really humbled by it. I have to say, why? But on the other, I, I like the idea of making stuff, something happening, and returning to the Corrent Auditorium, where as part of my, I did a open mic. Uh, in fact, it was the first and maybe the only open mic there at the Corrent. Uh, soon after the library was open. And uh, and I want to find her. I'm going to find her. I think I can, at least in my memory, or at least out there. Who was the one? I walked up there. Had this idea. Let's do an open mic at the library, and went up to the the office of the of the librarians who did. And and this woman, I'm trying to remember her name. I will by next week. And I and uh, so who's in charge of the correct? I am. <laughs> and I said, well, I have this idea. I'd like to have an open mic there. She said, Let's do it. That's what I always like to hear. Let's do it. In fact, at that time, the Friends of the Library was, uh, were, were, had, were, were fair, fairly, they had the money, they had the networks, and they, they, that she got me $125 a, a month, is once a month, once a month to bring uh, poets in. I could actually give some money for poets. Wow. To our hand, I remember. They don't do that these days. To our hand and, uh, and his, his crew. Uh, yeah. He's going to be featuring at Sacred Grounds in the next somewhere in the next couple of months somewhere. I okay. got him to come over. We haven't worked out a date yet. Hopefully. Well, Kuwar Hands should certainly be included in this. Yeah, yeah. And the sister, the Bo the uh, Buddhist poet uh, who lives uh, lives in Marin County. Uh, uh, it's part of the aging process. But I remember, should certainly because she was one of those Pat. I got. Is it Pat? No. Uh, uh, anywhere I could find her easily enough. But she was. Uh, I got her. It would be easy enough to, and so these are people. We'll find the list of people who were featured on that 
uh, during that time, I did the open mic at the Coretta Auditorium, call which... Us. Call us. If, when you get those names, call us. I'll call, yeah. And anybody else has any ideas, you got the phone number. Everybody should be included. Three generations will be included. Let's do it. It's called Doing More Together than either of us can do on our own. There will also be a Diamond Dave Day here in the city. We haven't figured out what day it is. I'd like to see it on Tuesday. But we're going to be doing the whereas's and therefores. And oh, my goodness. So, uh, well, let's and two do wits. Don't forget the two well, wits. Well, let's do it mobster language. We must have the two wits if Dan Brady's involved. Two wit, two wit. Even if I don't have one, we should have <laughs> the two wits. Uh, well, luckily, it's not who you know or what you know. It's what you know about who you know. And we do have some people in places up there among those 11 supervisor who will make sure that happens it's true and another thing coming up we're going to have poems of the dome 11 at the end of april 11 11 oh my god i was there at the first one. Oh, i remember <laughs> wonderful <laughs> i've been to shows a few. my age i'm sorry to say i know you're 11 years old this year right yes, yes thank you very much val <laughs> so that wit. should be included i guess on that list <laughs> to wrap it all up and including all of you Poems under the dome. Well, EK is going to be there, so and yeah, EK, EK will do that. There. She'll make the connection. Exactly. What could be going on that poster too? Because that is, and we're with, so we're doing doing as usual, but by the seat of our pants, thinking and doing and making it happen. And here we be. Too much information. Well, <laughs> I know it's just seat of my pants. I was just saying too much information. So should, do you want me to should I read a poem or something? Yeah, well, I'd love it. Okay. So I'm going to do a, a couple of poems here. But I, since I don't like being responsible, I'm just going to pick something at random here. So, some haiku and then a poem, all right? So, um, uh, yeah. early morning, spring, here amid apple trees, the mission's alleluias. Night, deserted street, Turn to the approaching sound, a scuttling leaf. That scared the heck out of me. I, did. I thought I was going to be <laughs> scuttling. Um, birds over the sea, calling farther and farther on into the sound. Now it's from Ocean Beach. This is also from Ocean Beach. In the dunes, Sneakers with socks neatly tucked in and grass growing out their tops. Long ago picnic something. Oh. Um, <laughs> he crosses the room. His steps rebound in the cup. A tea leaf settles. Mm. Okay, so that's some haiku there. Nice. And then... Um, uh, this is a poem that um, is historic for me. I wrote it God, like in 2000. The reason why it's historic is because I was sitting there writing it, and then a rhyming event happened, and the poem began a rhyming pattern, not all the way through it, but it was the first time I actually just was inspired, and it was rhyming at the same time. So, And I'll read one more after this one just so I can be sensible here. Um, the Manifold Manners of Means, or... The simple title is Life's Tune, just so you know that. Through a flower's flow of colors, and autumn winds undone, and the still white of winter under a sharp and glinting sun, 
through a meal with good old friends, all with family heartily bound, and stories by the campfire, and songs that are passed round. Through the smells of summer grasses, through the redwood dells at dawn, after moonless nights at sunrise, where to gleaming shores we've gone. Through the words we banter daily, the common office jest, through the phrases that we know by, that language we speak best. Through the hearts on fire and winging, through the thoughts that wing or the swell, through the spirit that comes unto us, we know we're one as well. The community of the heart brings one on tender, on above, to present the present to us in the quietest ways of love. The quietest way. The quietest ways in the quietest way of love. With each breath we breathe, in each moment that we last, before our eyes in an eye's blink, we make the future and the past. And so it happens that each day, whether by chance or through an old song, opportunity will knock as you go to pass life's tune along. So that's the nice one for you. And I'll finish with this other one here, which is nice. It's a, it's a nice poem. This is a poem written to my mother or about my mother. And... Um, I've got to change the title one of these fine days. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Bravo. The title is I Ask Myself. And this is in my mom's voice. To ask myself if this is difficult? No, this is easy. Sitting with time and tea at the window. How the glass meets the wind now. That time of report card signing seems immediate. Brows fevered, cooling, measles now, washing clothes now, meals they're cooking and planning, always planning, so difficult. Yet, I was not lost somehow. I am still worried, sad, or somehow. Are they reading between the lines of my face? I receive pretty cards and notes. Miles and holidays, it's called a generation gap. Do they know me now? I understand them, they understand. I am still, feel, and one by one, birds cross blue skies. I watch from my window, frost, one by one, the leaving, colors fall to the brown earth, smooth as skin. I notice the gaps between my fingers. The shape of the spaces. Notice a ring, a man, and memories. In the autumn, it is difficult. I accept three children grown and married. Thank you very much. So beautiful. beautiful. Thank he, you. Dan, I have a question for you. Yes, dear. This is a question I've, I've asked a few guests before where it's been just primarily focused on poetry. How did you discover that you were a poet? Oh, this is a great story. I'll keep it short, though. Okay. Oh, is that possible? So I was, I was, I don't know how old I was, but it had to have been like before high school or first freshman, something like that. And I walked into the my the bedroom that in the house that I lived in. There were my two younger brothers and I shared one room. And I walked in and I sat down on my bed, and I slept in the middle of a something like a, it was a day off, wasn't a school day. And I had this dream, and in this dream, 
I felt as though I was amidst the stars and the galaxy. And I was out there flying around. I had flying dreams when I was a kid, lots of them. And I always go out to the galaxies and the stars. So this was no different. I thought, oh, this is great. And I turned around in my mind and I saw this planet and I started going towards this planet, but it wasn't a planet. It was my brain, like the convolutions of the brain. And I started, you know, so I went zooming down into the clouds and the atmosphere. And when I got to the place where I could see things, there were like huge numbers of landscapes, like a quilt work of all these different places and things and stuff. And um, I found this one place, there was a beach and if you know, uh, not Stonehenge, what's those, Easter Island, the statues on Easter Island. So there was something like that there, but there was a whole bunch of them. And the storm was coming, and some of the statues were like still clay. They hadn't been hardened into stone. And so this first poem came out was like, it was called The Great Stone Faces and the Storm. And it was all about how this these stone faces, you know, they get made, but sometimes if the storm comes before they're set into stone, you get washed away. And that was the first thing I ever wrote, and I revised it 40 times. Wow. And when I got to the last time, I compared the last time with the first time, and all the words were different, but the message was the same. And I realized, stop revising at some point. <laughs> and that's, that was the first poem. And I loved it. That's a great story. I'm glad I asked. <laughs> See, you know, I mean, if we're talking, I mean, if people out there are listening, you know, it's always interesting to hear the, the, the source of uh, inspiration. So. Yeah, and ever since Thanks then, it's sharing. like I say, I take dictation and then I, then I work on it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, uh, that's what comes. Something similar. Thank you. Thank you. I have the similar, that brought me right back to a later time in my life. It was, in fact, it was that summer, I could tell you exactly, it was that, it was uh, during that summer they call it the summer of love. Just off that street that some called Love and others called Hate Street. And I was in this commune. And there was a commune back days. You'd wake up and there'd be a whole different crew. There'd be the regular crew, but a whole different crew filling up the common space. And every space we get up and begin our day, go down to say that too. We call it Antoine's. That's St. Anthony's for lunch. <laughs> but this guy came in. So I have something I want you guys to experience. It was called DMT. Dimethylamphetamine, something like that. And it was, you smoked it. And you took one puff, and suddenly your brain was gone out to the other side of the outside, was <laughs> uh, the other side of the universe. You believed, and you're surrounded by all these brains. Must have been my brain too, the very kind of brain you're talking about. Yeah. And they're floating around, and you realize they're conscious, and you're at the other side of the universe, and this is the way it is. And I uh, and it takes it lasts about five minutes. Suddenly you you leave your body, and boom, you're gone. Wow. And while you're telling that story, it brought me back, and I haven't thought about it for many, many years. Wow. You brought me to the exact same experience. <laughs> and I was already, because this is 1967, so it was later in life. I turned 30, in fact, in that year. You can do the math. But in fact, when you turned 30, it was part of my rebirth on yeah. that street that some called Love, others called Hate Street. Right on. So yeah. Hey, I see. He I gave see Diamond Dave a flashback. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I nice. See Edward so Lindo. <laughs> Edwin Lindo is here. I'm going to bring him in. He's our uh, the people's candidate for supervisor. Edwin, yeah. Tony Dan Brady. So good. Right. Why don't you put some music on? Oh, we could do that. I don't know. Richard, do you have anything Richard, you want to do? Yeah, Richard. Because I'm bringing you back, You too. said you don't have any of those CDs here today. I don't. I don't. Oh, but we're going to bring you back. Let me, uh, let me look, look real quick. Yeah. Yeah, why don't you bring him in, and then I'll let you know about it. All right, well, yeah, hang out, and we'll, uh, and we'll bring oh, well, you back okay, in when, stay, when you're ready. He'll be the detail guy. Exactly. He knows everything. 
All right. Well, then let me play a little music then, and we'll we'll move on. Thank you, gentlemen, for both coming, and we look forward to those events honoring Diamond Dave coming up soon, and we'll keep announcing those again. And, you know, we're all about giving. So, uh, give. you know, you might not be able to give a lot, but you can give a little bit.
a tramp. Give a little bit. That's all you got to do. Just a little bit, right? I mean, uh, it's a it's a universal karmic uh, law, giving and getting. Um, and uh, giving is a it's a you can think of it as as a selfish act if you'd like. Um, just do it. And speaking of somebody who is uh, giving, uh, giving to the community, uh, we've got Ed Edwin Lindo in here. Welcome back to the show. And just uh, so just don't uh, that thing is very sensitive. So, yeah. But welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. May, yeah. may it be a very uh, exciting, prosperous one. It's already started. City it Hall is. today at the inauguration. I don't know if you heard Was that today? Yeah. What well, happened us, today? Give us your, as a far-flung correspondent, uh, let us know what happened. <laughs> give us your impressions. Well, today From was the, the mayoral way. and sheriff inauguration. And... Uh, Coalitions from Black Lives Matters and the last three percent actually went in and protested the the inauguration and and it was it was loud and it was very clear that the city is unhappy with the way things have been unfolding, especially with the most recent killing and loss of Mario Woods in the Bayview. Right. What is the um, I, I haven't heard of the last three percent. What's that? So it's a new. It's I don't. I don't want to say it's a new coalition. It's a coalition of African Americans, the African American community from the Bayview, that have made it very clear that there has been a wholesale displacement of the black community, and there's only, and it may be less now, three percent left in this city That's of African Americans, and so that anger has formed a group and said we're not going to stand for it anymore. And we're going to fight for our African American brothers and sisters. And this, uh, so what is emerging? What we're about, uh, what I'm about, what we're about, we're being a very radio voice of, of what emerging is a coalition of coalitions, and using this one table where we're sitting, where people can come together and find it, find that common thread and let it flourish. And so we hopefully each and every week where this is going to be as it is, uh, one of the great things about this, that it's not scheduled from time to time, but each and every week from 3 to 6 on Friday right here. So Edwin, you're kind of k kicking this off again. It's a new day, just uh, as, it, uh, as every day is in a way. And uh, so, uh, so reach out. People are welcome here. And people are welcome to come in. We have, uh, we have room to continue to cast that wide net. And this is why it's called Common Thread Radio, is to find that common thread, which is, of course, what coalitions are, co coalition of coalitions is about. It's finding that uh, common thread and letting a coalition, let the coalitions emerge. And now with the 3%, what's Black Lives Matter? And on Sunday was an amazing event, which I knew I had to be there, which was first announced here, eh, Val? It was, yeah. Dogpa uh, came yeah. in last week and told us about what was happening at the Brava Theater on last last Sunday, and there was that a film um, about uh, Alex Nieto, who had, who was shot by San Francisco Police Department last year as he was sitting and having lunch. Um, and yeah, I know you you were both there. So uh, let's he tell the people. There. Let's tell the people the, about it. The big screen. He was there in person. In fact, at one point, he was announced as the next mayor of San Francisco. I said, well, "There's going to be some steps between." I know you felt the same way. <laughs> what? Between then and now, we got a bunch of steps to make. Am I right? Yeah, and, and that was Ben Baxierra, who was one of the spokespersons and one of the organizers for the Alex Nieto family. After Alex Nieto, who was actually a neighbor of mine, who lived right around the corner from me in Bernal Heights. I grew up in Bernal Heights, and his mother and father knew my father and grandmother 
and it was devastating because you have someone who honestly looks like me who was on a hill and was executed uh, and and now we're learning with more and more evidence that what the city is saying is true may and most likely is not true and so what lowrider lawyers the movie is called lowrider lawyers putting a city on trial is in a nutshell an effort to find new ways to protest new ways to take back spaces of power for the community to say you know typically if you go into a courtroom it won't have a jury that looks like Alex Nieto. It won't have a judge that looks like Alex Nieto. And thankfully, we have great attorneys representing the family. Um, African-American who actually went to school with Ben, who will be fighting on behalf of the Nieto family. But this was an effort to, to take back that space that has been historically reserved for power. And so if you go see the movie, which I highly recommend, we're going to do a second viewing because of so much demand. There'll be a second viewing happening on the next Thursday and I believe that's the 17th it, it may be uh, but next Thursday right it's, it's a week from yesterday and so next Thursday let me just pull I think it it's up. the 14th the 14th right. that's what it is yep. 14th yeah okay is it going to be where is it going to be so it's going to be at the Bravo Theater again. oh good yep and it'll be at 7pm the 14th that's right so Thursday the 14th Lowrider Lawyers Putting a City on Trial will be shown for a second time. The first time where Diamond Dave, where I saw Diamond, was a sold-out crowd. It was packed to the rafters because it went all the way up to the rafters. And it was like a reunion. I saw people there I've known in many different times, in many different places, in many different movements, but they came together. That's why I looked around and I said to myself, well, this is history, herstory, and hipstery. In fact, when you walked there, walked down that block, 24th Street. The, 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 just before you got to Bravo, you looked around at what's going on here because, because back from that time, the lowriders were there. It was lowrider, lowrider, lowrider. Both, both sides of the street were lowriders representing. And uh, the lowriders represented, I think this is the first time that I've seen in many years where they all came out, and many of them came out. Right. The last original is Lowrider Club, all of them there, coming out for their brother... Um, their brother, uh, Alex Nito, Alejandro Nito. Right. And I walked in, and one of the first persons I saw was the poet laureate, Alejandro Magia, mm-hmm. was there. And so many people were there, and I could feel that this is a new day. It is. A new day with, <laughs> with its roots and so many other. And the fact that you were there, and the fact that you put a, put a, putting out a campaign, we have right here, if you want to pick up the latest uh, Tecolote, here you are, and here it is right here. I wish we were here. Yeah. Here you are. And you say here, with the idea uh, that everyone's voice must be here. Lindo uh, promised to start conversations with so many people as possible. Well, here you, here you are right here. About here we are. Radio. This we're starting it and we're doing it. And, and, it, and that, that day was incredibly important uh, when, that incredibly movie, important. when that movie premiere happened. And, and the reason why is because there was a room full of people that now saw that we can educate and we can demand justice in so many different ways. This is a community film, and we have to give big props to Peter Mancini, who was the video director who edited it, 
worked with Ben on editing, and he did it all for free. He spent hours and wow. hours, well, Peter, hundreds of hours. Peter has been sat at this table. Peter was the was the videographer for uh, Occupy. Right. I was in the tents all right. the way through, That's and Peter was always the through. And he and uh, he and the scissor, they were the ones who documented. With, he did the video and uh, did the did the photographs, and uh, it'd be happening. And so I looked at I saw that too, and I said, "There's another step of this coalition emerging, a coalition which you." Edwin, later, just to, to emerge yourself and to find there and putting yourself in a, having the people behind you, with you, to be listened to in this coalition, this collective, which, you, which you've stepped out to represent, having grown up in the, the, here in Bernal Heights. Am I right? That's right. That's right. I mean, what, what we have to understand is I think our city is in such a crisis, and we have two crises. We have a crisis of equity and affordability that people are making so little money and the equity gap is growing so much that it now is preventing people from being able to live here. And it happened to me and my dad. We were evicted. That, that feeling of not knowing where you're going to live the next month is devastating. You can't sleep. You can't go to school. You can't learn. And we have kids here. We have 3,000 homeless children in SFUSD. Homeless defined as in you don't know where your permanent home is for that night. We need to fix something. It, it's broken. And the second crisis is the crisis of social justice. That's right. We have black and brown brothers and sisters getting killed every day in this country. And people thought that San Francisco was immune to that. But in all honesty, we're not. Never and we've never been immune. And we're seeing it, and it's poking his ugly head that the color of your skin, unfortunately, still to this day in 2016, is is a death ticket and my goal was to make sure and i remember when alex Nieto was was shot and there was a town hall at the local elementary school and, the, and he was there and it was a room full of community folks and i wasn't going to speak i just wanted to hear and listen and i i couldn't help but think i before i leave this this cafeteria i have to say something i looked at chief sir and i said please stop killing us Please, there's enough things and pressures in this society that are doing that. We don't need another one. Yo. We would hope that the police would serve as, as they're defined, the peace officers. Right. That will provide peace. But it's the opposite. And, and, and we need to find a way to, to fix that. Because I'm telling you right now, as much as those jobs or jobs that we'd like our neighborhood children to have they're even scared of the police. They don't want to become police officers because they see what's happening to their brothers and their cousins and their parents. And so the trust with the community is lost, completely lost. So the question is, what is the city going to do? What is the police department going to do? Come into our community and say, we failed you. Own up to that and say, we need to change something and change it dramatically. And what are we going to do? And th this is what's emerging and merging and uh, emerging to merge to emerge to merge. Uh, doing more together than any of us could do on our own. And I felt that Thursday. And the Thursday, of course, was the second time that uh, Bravo has been turned over. I, I believe you were there the Thursday before. Calvin was there, too, I know. I went to uh, uh, Thursday about Prop I and the, pro the very props, which we, where the, the, where we had to go against thousands of millions of dollars. 
Right. But it did. But, but it, what we can say about that, it began to bring people together. That people who worked in Prop I, many people were brought into politics who had never really been involved before for Prop I, and you had the defeat, but there was never a defeat if you could keep on moving forward. That's right. Uh, in all honesty, it was a huge win. That's Prop what I if we keep put going. a community ballot measure with less than $200,000 for the whole campaign versus about $2.1 million. I mean, we're outspent nearly 10 to 1. We got 50,000 signatures in 15 days. That ballot measure allowed us to get Prop A to get $50 million for the mission. It allowed us to get Prop J to preserve legacy businesses. It allowed us to get Prop K, there we which allows us now to buy and purchase unoccupied land and reserve it for affordable housing. The, the pressure is on. The pressure is on, and now we have to keep it going. And we need, you know, going back to the campaign, we need someone who hasn't just thought about the issues. We need someone that when they're creating policy, they say, I remember what that felt like. Exactly. I remember what it was like to use food stamps to buy food at the corner store. And I remember what it was like to get that eviction notice. And so when you're creating policy, it's not just a distant piece of policy that you're pushing through. You're doing it because you felt it. And that's that's really the reason that I'm running. So, so, so we're, we're, what comes to me is the idea of community storefronts, place where people can come in, meet one another, connect to one another, bring in these problems, deal with. Because uh, one of the things that's uh, being on this board is to be kind of a pathfinder through the bureaucratic thicket. Am I right? Right. Backers, all of this, all these many hats, which you'll be wearing to be down here in the community. It's no accident you should be right here now, as you well know, because here we be, and here we be is mutiny radio, this endless mutiny of life itself, of saying, no, we won't take it anymore. What we can do is to provide a place to, where people can, can participate, can put it up there, where you can hear it on whatever handheld new unit, whatever, whatever you have where you happen to be, and then as soon as the show goes up, it's over, it goes up as a podcast, so then it can be, public, it can be put around and listen to it anytime, anywhere. Yeah. Well, I already let folks know that, that we're here at Mutiny Radio, so it's, it's there. Hopefully they're listening right now. But uh, one thing I also want to touch on yeah, is that the Board of Supervisors, at the end of the day, is the legislative body of this city. And we have to be realistic that the best legislators are the ones that can get things passed. But that's a legislator. You also need someone who has the pulse of the community. And someone who doesn't dismiss the community and say, oh, let me legislate and tell you what we're going to do, but works with the community and says, you know what? I know my community, and I know that they have the solutions. So let's go into the community and come up with a legislative agenda that is born and is driven by the community. And be realistic, because we need six votes to get things passed. And in fact, how many supervisors are up? We have, now, we have John Avalos. And David Compost, who are termed out, right. uh, uh, termed out, and uh, uh, but we also have Eric Marr. Eric Marr. We also have these are these are the, the Eric Marr. We also have uh, representing uh, the Tenderloin and uh, and uh, the, out there at the Bay. Yep. And I and I am excited to announce that I actually have the endorsement of Eric Marr. Okay. Yes. Well, it's a natural connection that yes. we're making, and uh, the the sister represents the Tenderloin. Uh, 
Jane Ken. And Jane Ken, who's been moved back and forth. But I think if we can get a real progressive, Jane Ken is running again. Or she turned out. She's, she's running, running for state senate. She's running for state senate. So that uh, we're going to have candidates. Uh, we're going to have a candidate there. Uh, that's going to be an open seat. Am I right? Uh, there may be two open seats. So Scott Weiner is also running for state senate. That's right. So District 8 or yeah. District 6 may open up. Right. And my my bet is on Jane Kim because we need to have a state senator that is progressive and representative of the community that and we have. And highly intelligent to boot. Oh, she is. She is among the best. Latino study. I mean, yeah, yeah, Asian studies, Stanford, come back to the people. And she's, she has a background to show. Oh, yeah, no. I, and without a doubt, we, without hesitation, we need to get behind Jane Kim to win this state senate seat. So what, uh, just uh, to, this is obviously, Edwin. Linda, we're talking about a to be continued, in which we we all bring what we have to bring, and nobody goes without. And what I, I mentioned to you before, I mentioned again, more and more emerging. That's why I want to uh, emerging uh, back in the early 70s, where the first district elections came, out of which came Harvey Milk. We had in order to in order to get that kind of agenda, this early 70s. To, to, to make the first to make sure that transition happened from 11 supervisors elected at large in other words by downtown to uh, to 11 supervisors elected by district was to have something called the community Congress right and uh, we, had, we should bring back that's what I'm talking about that's what I'm talking about to you and what we uh, when uh, I was in Capoo then mm -hmm. and that was in fact I became on the staff of that. The community congress, because there is money available to help make that happen. There are, there are, uh, there are uh, people, uh, foundations, and so on, who have an interest. The Vanguard Foundation, groups like that, who have an interest. They can't, uh, they can't. I think uh, the, through their foundations directly help a, a candidate, but they can't support something like a community congress. Right, right. And so I'm putting that out there, as I put out there, put it in Congress, and back then, I'm talking about the early 70s, maybe yeah. before you were born. Well, and we'll do it again in 2016. Exactly. I commit to it. And the idea would be to have issue Congresses, we have media, we have legal, and it was good to see you here in uh, Ticolote. And now you're here if there's three tripod, there's a tripod means three to media here at the grassroots. We got Tokalete. You had one here called Mutiny Radio or Common Thread Collective, and the other is called Mission Local. That's right. Which came out of the, uh, which made, still has connections with, but came out of the Graduate School of Journalism. At, at, uh, I think you know some of the folks yep. in the fact. That yep. sister yep. who's really down with it, who's been here, who's down with it, wants to do a story about Mutiny Radio, wants to come in, make that happen. And this is like a tripod. That could be one issue, issue uh, committee Congress, to bring the media, how we can, together, the media can step forward. Yep, I love that. Uh, each district, of certainly all of those that are open uh, district, should have, uh, have community Congresses for the district in which uh, the candidates can come and uh, come together. And kind of like we saw that was happening uh, they were happening at the Bravo Sunday, where all these different folks are there representing, just mm -hmm. representing, from Dr. Loco and the, the the poet laureate. So many people we know came to that. It was, right. and uh, there wasn't a lot of publicity for that, no. but people showed up. That's they right. Were there. Packed house, they packed sold out, out. And, and the goal is to do it again on the 14th on Thursday at Bravo. And uh, dog pie, is dog pie here? Dog pie is an idea. About that, when I told him Dogma is coming up, well, Dogma has this idea that this is something we could show 
on Roots uh, show, like the Bands of Black Panther used to do. Black Panther movies used to show in the Fillmore. I was there then to show uh, on a sheet in like uh, like in areas to get around to get that around the neighborhood yeah. in various folks. Well, they're going to do a, a college tour. We're going to do a neighborhood tour, and, and Ben um, Ben is one of the most fire, ferocious, tenacious justice seeker I've ever met, and he was very close to Alex Nieto and. When we lost Alex, he stepped up and yeah. has taken leadership like no one I've seen. And uh, Ben uh, knows well something which we know, which people know, which we're waiting for, is that it, uh, this is uh, inter intertwined with the culture. Right. There's no, uh, there's no accident that he crippled. Yeah. Uh, began it, he crippled, right. and they uh, began it. That's a model. And then, uh, and then that beautiful poem by... Uh, by uh, by Alex uh, Nice, mm -hmm. that beautiful poem about Alex, mm -hmm. and then ending with somebody discovered using the media again, ending with Alex Nito singing, right. uh, singing uh, Las Mañanitas. Las Mañanitas. Where yeah. did you find that? And uh, here comes, uh, here comes. Uh, do you know Dogpa? I do. He yeah, actually Dogpa. knows my dad really well. Okay, well, tell me a bit about your dad. I yeah, so my dad, he came to San Francisco in 1960, and uh, he was. Ten years old, he came from Nicaragua, immigrated from Nicaragua with my grandfather. They took a, a truck from Nicaragua and drove all the way up to San Francisco. And one of his first jobs was a janitor at Wonder Bread, when Wonder Bread was still around. Over on 16th Street. And you would drive down Petro and you would smell it. And, wow. and he would go there. My grandfather retired from, from Wonder Bread. My grandmother was one of the the pan handlers and so they would take the pans out of the, f the fire and then wow. replace them with new ones um, and so my my dad uh, he, my parents divorced when I was really young and, and he raised me by himself uh, my dad fought for custody he won and I, I think he didn't necessarily understand what that meant <laughs> he won and then he thought geez I have to raise my son now by myself and he sold everything he had we stayed at a friend's house for about six months and they had family that had to come in so we actually ended up moving to my grandmother's house sleeping on the living room floor for about three years and and eventually after three years we got a room and we shared a bed for another three and a half years up in Bernal and uh, my dad has sacrificed his life for me uh, and I owe him the rest of mine and so I a, a lot of reason people say well why are you running why are you running for this seat? And I said, because this community, he came, when he came here, they moved to 20th and Cap. That was the first place he had ever been in the United States. Lousy. And to think that his son, who he raised by himself, could potentially serve the district that accepted him with open arms, to me is, is, is beyond belief. You know what I'm thinking of? It, is, it takes my breath away to hear all this. This is all to be continued. But who came to me was Juan Felipe Herrera, who's now the poet laureate of the United States. Right. His, 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 his history and history is similar. That he came, and his father, who came out of the fields, who came out of the fields, came and helped start the first Spanish-language radio station mm -hmm. here. And uh, out of that, that was that generation, Juan Felipe. Roberto Vargas, Nicaraguan brother. Right. Uh, uh, Alejandro Magia, poet laureate, who fought on the southern front of the Sandinistas. Right. 
that this is part of base and bringing the who became the the cultural the cultural minister in Nicaragua after Victor Sandinistas, the Jesuit priest, and who we took down Mission Street on that walk before the victory of the Sandinistas, a walk down Mission Street. This be history, hipstery, and I hipstery. say you're part I, of I it, like that. And we're part of it. I say I like history. That. History and hipstery. hipstery. Hipstery is the underground story that you don't get in the history books. Right. I think you know what I'm saying. Yep. That's happening right here on Mutiny Radio. Well, another another thing I think we can push. I, I like hipstery. Another one that I heard that I would love to bring to the city is instead of gentrification, we need to start bringing gentification. We start bringing our hente back. Hente back. The people. The people. The people. It's not. The we hente. need to stop the gentrification and have hentification. <laughs> people who are left and had to go. Let's bring them back. That would include the Ohlone, I think, from the That's first. right. Oh, they Absolutely. should be part of it. Well, I'm right still now, here. Juan Felipe Ferrara. <laughs> you know, we need to talk to Juan Felipe Ferrara and get him. But anyway, I think Felicia has to go in a few minutes, so I want to get her up here. Yeah, but we'll, look, we'll to that. be continued. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. I love Mutiny Radio. You all are awesome. Thank you so and much. And all you have to do is walk through the door. You is just that walk right? through the door. They give you a mic. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And, 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 and uh, we continue doing more together than any of us can do on our own. And let's point out um, how people can get help out with your campaign for supervisor. Definitely. You can check out the website at www.edwinlindo.com. You can sign up to volunteer. You can contribute. You can uh, read the bio. Um, this is a people. This is a people-powered campaign in all shapes and forms. Uh, we had our fundraising deadline just past December 31st, and I have over 150 donors that have given. The average donation is around $25. I mean, this is literally from the grassroots. Well, that's fantastic, and I, I like what you were saying earlier about being able to be in the community and actually bringing that to City Hall as a as a real representative because right. you know with San Francisco and it's my hometown too yeah and you know growing up here you, we know it to be uh, what we would refer to as a it's a it's a big city but it's a small town too mm -hmm. so it's a small city in a sense and because all the neighborhoods are so distinct in that way it really can have people really can be represented right. uh, represented rather um, by by the supervisors who are down at City Hall right. Well, that's, and that's, you, may, you bring up an interesting point. You mentioned City Hall. I think it is such an onus, it's such a burden that we require the community to have to go to City Hall and that marble structure right. to ask for something. Mm. We, should, those, uh, right. we should have district offices in the community yes. that people can walk that's into like they do exactly. a mutiny and say, I have an issue. Or I need you to hear me out. Or these are what this is what's happening on my block. Because if you're not in the community every day, then how do you really know what's happening? Right. Is you can you can uh, go down and uh, sit sit in your pretty comfortable chair. Right. And uh, <laughs> do exactly. your work. Hiding exactly. behind, hiding behind. But instead of council, uh, and have, uh, I'd also add to it that there then should be a neighborhood council mm. that uh, coming from various elements of the community. Uh, that that would uh, see through this happening. I mentioned the word bureaucratic, uh, bureaucratic pathfinder through the bureaucratic maze. Uh, now, on th three occasions, the mission has come to City Hall and really occupied, I believe you were there, Yes. occupied the place. 
And so it's a, we're talking about a back and forth. We're talking about a dynamic, I guess, mm -hmm. is a dynamic. But what do I always say? I say we, we cast that wide net. We find that common thread. We light to let life flourish. And here's a line that applies for this to say, don't panic. We'll keep it organic. That's right. And it's That's right. I love you, brother. So anyway, so I'm going to there's a couple other uh, candidates who have thrown their hats in the ring. Yeah. Am I right? That's right. So I want to bring them down here. Please. And as going to bring them down here. Uh, one is uh, one had been a uh, had one had been on the staff of, uh, of David Campos, of David Campos. Yeah. and the other is a, a more. I think he's running to be that moderate with money who comes out of the Labor's Union. I think he's a lawyer. Is that right? That's right. So there's so, Joshua Arce is the other candidate. And yeah. So I'm going to invite them down, please. In the next couple of weeks. That's that's. And I mean, I'm excited. Because yesterday we had an endorsement meeting for SEIU 1021, oh. and this is incredible the democratic process i mean when it's pure democratic process the real deal when people get to hear from every candidate yeah, and say about. i'm going to choose my candidate because i heard it straight from their mouth right and that that excites me and so when when people say oh well what don't you like about the other candidates and say that's not that's not me to decide my job is to run this campaign as the candidate that grew up here, the candidate that will fight, and the candidate that has proven to organize with the community through Mission Playground and Black Lives Matter. That's, that's the difference. But there's qualified candidates in this race. The question is, is who do we need now in this time, in the time of crisis? And, and I would argue, having gone through the crisis myself, there's some experience there. That's right. Finding that common thread. I say I consider right now Black Lives Matter. Brown lives matter. Lives, I'll just put it this way. Black lives matter. Brown lives matter. Red lives matter. Lives matter. Lives. Live it. Live it. Live it. Live it. And how do you live? What's, what's it to me? I couldn't live it without being, being in the struggle without realizing that we're building together the grassroots. This would keep me young at 78. <clears throat> this would keep me young at 78 saying, having lived through all of this, been part of all of this, for all of this hipstery you hear now, all of 78 saying, live, learn to love, love to learn, this never ends. And, never and you're ends. welcome to it, brother. Thank you so much for having me. And to be Thank continued. you. Edwin yeah. Lindo. Go to edwinlindo.com and read, read more about him, learn more about him, and learn more about the campaign. And so stick around for a bit because Felicia is about to come on. Yeah. And Felicia, this. Well, are we, is, you need a minute? Oh, you're ready? All right. So I believe the great no, thing we, about this movement is emerging yeah. is I'm seeing the, the culture being intensely involved. What happened? If it had just been a movie about Alejandro and Nito, that would have been good, but it's much more than that. You had the, 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 the dancers, you had the, the music. Dancers, yeah. the Asla, you had the, the, the Aslan, 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 that's what we're talking about. Where you had Dr. Lin, uh, Dr. Loco yeah, in it. And his music, yeah. And his music. So this is the, I'm saying the poetry and the culture and the politics are in the tricks to be linked and that's what brings the people and the people will come and so I want to, to we have here this woman is one of the ta most talented women I know I want to, uh, to Edwin Lindo here be our sister and so we're going to assemble some musicians and stuff uh, Edwin it. I wanted to uh, we'll be talking about, about many things but assembling something Linda because I know a lot of musicians will be down with this what we're about so whenever you have an event whenever an event it'll be music it'll be poetry and it will be the grassroots politics of the night we can say the revolution starts now where you work, and where you play, where you lay your money down. So what are you doing just standing around? 
The revolution starts now. Last night I had a dream that the people gathered around and nobody had, and everybody brought what they had to bring and nobody went without and had a new song to sing. The revolution starts now. How's that? Fuck some, yeah. Some you say that too. Hey, Felicia, take it away, sister. Take it away. Is this the right mic? This fair sister, um, Felicia. Let's see. Um, I can't hear. One, I, two, three. Yes. And then I got the other one down by my amp. Perfect. Perfect. Sounds great. Okay, I've been working real hard on these this week. I don't have um, any lyrics, so I'm just gonna make shit up. Um, <sighs> I get so nervous, I'm sorry. Um, Everything that we could do would be worth the trouble when I saw you. It made me want to change for the better, because we can be better in this world. This world can be so cold. Call out my name, and I'll be the one to hold. I'll be the one to keep you warm. Let me be your catalyst, your spark of madness. Let me love you right. Let me be your catalyst, your spark of madness. Let me love you right. When I heard, when I heard what you had to say, I was blown away. Like the tides, we move without knowing the wind will blow. Said, let me be your catalyst.
Exceptionally extemporaneous. That's how I'd like to review your first album. Felicia Fugate. So I'm just going to say real quick, uh, what I'm working with is a Boss RC50, which if you listen to the show, I spent all last year trying to get. 
And I finally <gasps> got it. Yeah. Oh, so here's, good. oh, this is good. Good work. Here, I'll slow it down. And uh, this one I came up with yesterday. I try to do an hour a day. So. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate all of the, uh, I just did an Amy Winehouse cover that I put up on my SoundCloud, which my name is Felicia Fugate. I'll be having music coming out in the next couple months. Um, and somebody left a message on it that just, it was, it just, it was Spanish, so I had to go translate it. And then I translated it and said, uh, very, very beautiful. And I was like, oh, yay, even people who don't know, no, it's cool. Okay, so let me get this going. Okay. All we ever want is to be happy and safe. And when they take it away, you ask why. We gotta make our moves and fight the right way is in your heart. Don't buy from me, our love is a dying art. And with the cards in our hands, we play together. Oh, we're ready to take off and fly. Yeah. Wait. Clouds spotlight and silver to see the gold of the sun and a new day's begun again. Clouds spotlight and silver to see the gold of the sun and a new day's begun again. Clouds spotlight and silver to see the gold of the sun and a new day's begun again. Everything I got, I work for. Got my sword shopping and I'm headed for the door. Out here trying to drive us to slaughter, but it ain't my time to go. I know who the path is rocky, but the direction we must go is towards the light. Nothing is forever, this too shall pass. Clouds spotlight and silver to see the gold of the sun. Got a new day's begun again. Clouds and silver to see the gold of the sun. Got a new day's begun again. and silver to see the gold of the sun. Got a new day's begun again.
So um, I don't want to take too much time because that's a lot of uh, song. But I am always looking for people to jam with. I'm trying to start a band right now. Um, I want to be on tour this year, sometime on tour this year. If I have to do it by myself, whatever, I'll do it by myself. But I really appreciate, like, contact me. My Instagram is glitterbombsoverbagdad. And that's cute and easy to remember. And I just really want to be productive this year and get things done and record. So if anybody has any ideas for me, contact me. And I love you and I love the station. And yeah, so that's me, Felicia Fugate. Thank you. Felicia Fugate. Oh, wow. That was an amazing set. Thank you so much. I, I know that you're dedicated to your music and anybody who is out there and wants to jam with you uh, is in the right frame of mind. Dedicated and the, the best possible way, devastating as well. Felicia, well, so, so glad to have you around as a part of our collective, as part of this community, as a fellow human being. Felicia. Cuff. We're all off the cuff. We just make this shit up and we're awesome. Word. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Word. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's amazing. This is a great... We, whatever we had to go through last week to conquer it, she's conquered it. That's um, it. The so-called technical difficulties, and it was beautiful. Now I we know. went to put some I... music on because we got Dog Paw and his brother, another bike messenger. I was a bike messenger in 1957, by the way. Bike messenger by day. Beatnik by day and night. It was 1957, and I was in seventh heaven, a nonlinear dart on the urban checkerboard. Beatniks we were called. We were the first rebel bike messengers. Uh, the, the, there was Western Union, but they were all pretty much uh, small Filipino guys with bow ties, black bow ties, who had to be like this, this, this. Wow. But the first radical rebel bike messengers, of which you're part of a whole lineage, uh, which uh, Dogpod knows quite well. That we're the wild ones, going back to the beatniks. Then they're the hippies. And then you had the punk as fuck bike messengers. Bands like El Cid, LSD, El Cid. Bands like that, which came out of where, we know where skateboard and punk rock m met, but we also know where bike messengers and punk rock met. It's part of the, am I right, Dogpa? Oh, correct. It's so cool to listen to you talk about all that, because you're talking about a whole different Planet X uh, that we don't know anything about. I mean, well, I was biking, I'm still here now. riding That's bike for a living in 1957. I mean, I was a even a glimmer in, the, in my mom's <laughs> eye, you know, just. Still rocking it. Yeah. The 78 year old guy. But when I say it's 78, you're about to tell us, Doug Paul, you brought this brother in, and here's Howard. You guys are going to, uh, you're going to talk to us. You're going to let this, let us know what this brother's about. This brother's going to let us know what it's about. Well, you know, first of all, I just wanted to thank you for, you know, bringing folks in, you know, to talk about Alex Nieto and the fine film that was done um, oh, over the showing over the weekend, you know, because that was an amazing turnout. You know, to see the Bravo Theater filled uh, to, the to capacity, yeah. You know, so you know, you somebody's doing something right when well, that happens. Somebody you know, is so. all of us together, correct? Together, getting on the same page. Oh yeah, getting on the box, out of the box they put us in. Yeah, and pushing the envelope. But look, well, well, well hey, no, let's let's talk us. Okay, I mean, okay, well, let's, let's okay. Why don't you take it away? Well, 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 just briefly. I mean, because if we want to play some music, we can do that too. No, that's you know? okay, cool. Right? You guys come okay, on well, in. You, know, um, you guys are here. Let's talk to about to kind of enhance the programming here today. You know, I was uh, sent a story about a fellow bike messenger that uh, came into our lives uh, recently, uh, Isal Marquez, right, who rides a bike for a living here in San Francisco, you know, food, in the food delivery uh, part of uh, bike messengering that we have now uh, in the 21st century. And uh, his story is the story of uplift, 
It's a story of compassion. And uh, here now we have uh, Isao Marquez, who's uh, probably the youngest bike messenger that we have in this room. You know, we got Diamond Dave, we got <laughs> Howard Williams, you got myself, and this guy here who's just been riding for, how long, how long have you been riding? About three months. Don't step up to the mic right there. Yeah, you're good. Okay. About three months. Three months, yes. unbelievable. Well, tell your tell you story. You're, you come to work, right? You, you, you leave your house, you unlock your bike, you get on the bike, you go to work, and, and then what happened? Well, I, um, it was a pretty interesting day. I remember dropping my wife off to work and uh, looking at, as I always look at the sky, just to remind me that it's a higher being above me. And uh, I, before we left home, I put on my favorite uh, hoodie. And my wife said, why are you taking your favorite hoodie? I said, well, it's going to be a special day today. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, before I dropped her off, I said, you know, I feel like something... Something special is gonna happen. For whatever reason, I've just, she just looked at me and then I dropped her off and picked up my food as, because I work for Uber Eats. And um, about 1.20, to be precise, I was coming down Market, um, westbound, and I hit um, Taylor. And right before I, I was crossing Taylor, I saw a whole bunch of people on the streets panicking, mm -hmm. chaotic. It was just a chaotic scene, and so uh, I, I have a really habit to just know my awareness of my surroundings. So I've, as I stare at the bus stop, I saw two guys standing right, right between them. There was a female, mm -hmm. and um, as I looked down on the floor, there was a whole bunch of blood on the floor, and. Um, and that just kind of uh, threw me back to my first date going to work for Uber. I was on my bike on 14 and Mission, and some dude pulled a knife on me. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, you know, and I, I've, I've just minded my own business, and this dude just pulled a knife on me. And, and when yeah. he pulled a knife on me, I got off my bike, and I grabbed my bike, and I said, dude, I said, uh, you know, you got a problem? He goes, and he started cursing and foul mouth, and it was very hostile, so as he charging towards me I grabbed my bike and I said I'm gonna take that knife and shove it so deep up your ass that you're gonna look mighty silly walking down the street yeah. and when he saw that I was serious about it he started backing down and, and I said don't you ever do that again if you're not gonna use that knife because I, I said you lucky I'm running late uh, otherwise I will take that knife and just shove it so deep up your rear end <laughs> that you will look mighty silly uh, you are a bike <laughs> <laughs> so and boy, I mean, you know, he, he kind of rattled my feathers because it, it was just uncalled for. I. Well, it's a fight or flight moment. Yeah, I mean, I. So anyway, I I was already late because my car didn't start, so I was on the bike, getting to work. Go, uh, pressing forward to to that scene on a market. That's what I thought it was happening to this poor female. Oh, you had okay, because I saw the blood on the on the floor, and the guy standing right next to her, and so I jumped out of my bike, and I I was thinking, well, I need to identify who has the knife and who's stabbing her so I can drop this fool. By no means, I'm not Superman. I'm just... <laughs> you just, just trying to look out for folks. Well, I mean... Trying to look out. I mean, you know, it, it's... I really have a, a thing for people trying to hurt other human beings. 
Absolutely. If they cannot fight back, I mean. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. if, if you want to hit somebody, hit somebody that cannot hit back. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, um, how old was this woman that we're talking about? Uh, you know what? Old I, old? She was like in a, uh, uh, I would say, early forties, uh -huh. late thirties, mm -hmm. and so she was crouching down. Another female was just trying to make let her, you know, make sit sit on that bus stop. As I got close to the female, and I look at the dude on her right, I noticed he was on his phone asking for help. And that's when I switched my brain from trying to kick his ass, and switched my brain to, whoa, what the mm -hmm, heck? It was mm -hmm. like, really? And then it's like, hell, help the baby. It's as I look down in between this woman's leg, the umbilical cord is coming out of her pants wow and the baby on the floor and <gasps> and some fool was just filming oh my god and, uh, talking a whole bunch of trash and then this other woman that wow that say that she was a nurse she was just holding the poor woman mm -hmm. and no one mm -hmm. was doing anything so i took my favorite hoodie <laughs> mm -hmm. and wrapped the baby because i seen both i have two kids my mm -hmm. wife gave birth to two children a boy and a girl so I don't pretend to be a doctor by all means, but I saw what they did as soon as my kids were born. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Wrapped them around. So it was just automatic behavior that. Yeah, I just, just just pretty much it was just. A, That's cool. I, I took, I wrapped the baby and 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 then the nurse she said, "Give me the child. I'm a certified nurse." I said, "No, I'm not," mm -hmm. uh, because in my mind she, you had a chance to assist this poor woman and you didn't do anything. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. And so I just kept the child, and then she said, pat him on the back because he's not moving. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I pat the baby. I, at that point, it was a lot of things were going through my mind. I was thinking of my own kids. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could have. Yeah. yeah, and so then the I... The world the other world. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty interesting experience. And so yeah. um, <laughs> I pat the baby on the back, and next thing you know, the child just started crying and moving his hand. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So that was pretty Beautiful. amazing, yeah. man. I mean, pretty amazing because, yeah, I mean, I was just thinking about my kids, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, how it, it it's a very unique experience to just hold a brand new baby. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, you know, it's like when you buy a, a brand new car, you see it and smell it. It's nothing like smell a brand new baby. Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. know. <laughs> I don't know if you ever had the experience, but to me, I... Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, soon after, did the paramedics show up? There's a fire department? Well, it was, like I say, there's a lot of million things happening. It, once I grabbed the baby, um, the man who I thought was stabbing the woman um, got off the phone and uh, and he said the paramedics and the file department's on its way. And then some other woman that was just, I don't know who she was, but she probably is hanging around. She grabbed me uh -huh. by the hand and she's like, Hey, let's go party. You're my hero. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> and, yeah. I said, and I said, no, I... going to happen on Marcus Street. Yeah, this woman, she wanted sure. to buy me... She sure. wanted to take me out and drink sure. and party. Sure. And as, as we do, too. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm so like, it's natural. So I'm without a shirt. I'm uh -huh. shirtless. And it's really, really cold. And there's a lot of blood on my stomach, my hand. And then this other dude grabbed me, uh, the DJ at uh, Crazy Horse. Is right. Really, he is a good friend of mine. And uh, he goes, hey, dude, you're a hero. No one wanted to do anything, and you did. He said, come to my shop. You can wash off. Because at that point, I have, I was shirtless. I yeah, mean, and yeah. I figured, well, I'm going to get my jacket back or something. And 
and lo and and lo and behold, I as he's grabbing me by the hand because I wanted to wash all the blood and placenta out of my body and possibly get a new jacket and a new shirt. Um, that that'd be nice at that moment. Yeah, that'd be nice. So <laughs> as he's as he's walking me towards his shop, I'm like, oh shoot. Is the crazy words a strip joint? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. He goes, "Don't worry about it, dude." I said, and then I just thought, "Well, if my wife finds me here, she'll kill me. She'll chop my nuts off." But under the circumstances, we're all good. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, you know. Yeah. So you go home and you say, "Yeah, so today I uh, delivered a baby on the street, and then I went to the strip joint." Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's what. Shirt. That's what pretty much. Because he gave me a shirt. I, you know, I walked in his strip joint, and I didn't know. <laughs> that I was walking into the female's bathroom and now I, there were like three females there naked. And then he's like, hey, get out of here, girls. He needs to wash up. And I'm wow. like, dude, he goes, no, don't worry about it. So he went <laughs> oh, back wow. to his shop upstairs or whatever where the girls dance and he gave me a shirt with the crazy horse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> back. Um, and so I wash up, clean up and, and um, you know, it, it, like I say, there was so many things happening that when I picked up the baby pressing back you know rewinding uh, as I picked up the baby someone called 911 and next thing you know all the uh, east bound westbound was closed on market it was mm -hmm. just like in the movies man right right uh, it's a life and death paramedic Absolutely. Uh, the, the, the San Francisco PD and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean the fire department and, really and, up, and this is this off again when you were doing what you usually do, just riding your bike down the street. That's right. And suddenly, well, suddenly everything changed. Every, Boom. And you're the center. It's like a movie. When you tell it, it's like a movie being made, but it's a movie that was never, well, I guess something was made, but this is amazing. It should be. Uh, to, and that's the kind of thing we want to do right here is to let people know the real stories of life. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know. Yeah, I know. That's right, Dave. I, I got to be honest that being a bike, uh, uh, a um, messenger deliver bike is, to me, it's the best best job in the world i mean i have a lot of different jobs but i wish i was like 20 20 years younger because i'm 40 we all old. do well <laughs> i mean you know it, it, under the circumstance because i have so much fun mm -hmm. on the streets on oh, my yeah, bike it's a very liberating kind of job you're flying all yeah, day yeah I, I mean i i'm a like i say i feel free man i feel like 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 you know i'm just i was born to do this, so it, the, the closest thing to a democracy I think where you can just kind of go with the ebb and flow of everything and just interact, and coexist. So excellent. You know, yeah. we have a whole lineage of uh, we've uh, touched on it before a bike messenger music, and that's something which you also know. Is that right? Yeah, you know, if you could, uh, uh, we could take a moment. You know, yeah, uh, yeah let me know what to, what, to do. What we're going to have to close up early today. So good to hear your stories, brother, and you're always welcome. So why yeah. don't you give her some music? And we'll go out and use that as a transition. Yeah, let, let me know on. the music. We'll finish the story, and then we'll play the music. Oh, Perfect. okay. Oh, Skunkadelics. Oh, sounds good. Which is a, a current bike messenger band that, uh, you know, threw a couple of songs our way to share with everybody. So you bring the nice. Oh, well, look at all these generations of bike messengers. Here. Right. I'm just looking at you all going, wow, look at the young one here <laughs> and the next younger one here and then the <laughs> older guy there and the really, oh, really so young old. guy right there. Really? And Skunkadelic brings together Skunk? Skunk, uh, skunk and Psychedelic, that was 1966, 67, 68. Now we have the Skunkadelics. Good, uh, good skunk weed 
and psychedelic, so good, just a psychedelic man, riding down your bike down the street, am I right? Correct. Bike messenger by day, beatnik by day and night. It was 1957, and I was in seventh heaven, a non-linear dart on the urban checkerboard. That's what we're talking about. Take it away, brother. All right. It's so good to have you here. Thank you. That's where we're, yeah, we're so, But I want to I finish this story yeah, real quick. Um, so so you go, you get cleaned up at the Crazy Horse, you walk away with a new T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, with, with the T-shirt has the, like six girls on the back with a huge <laughs> logo, like a... Yeah, and so the big like silhouette. Uh, yeah. So, so check so, this out. I get to work. Oh, you're not even at work yet. No, no. Oh, I, you're on your way. I'm on my way to, to work. work. Oh yeah, my you're goodness. Right. So well, I went get to the crazy horse first. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, right? I get to work. You wouldn't be the first messenger to go to a strip club before work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but so I get to work and I am telling everybody at work and they're looking at me with the with the shirt right and a pen because dude gave me a shirt and a couple of pens <laughs> and, and so my boss donna she's really cool man she's she's really a cool boss she goes how'd you do today he said, i said well i didn't sell out and uh everybody's like boy you've been hanging out at the at the strip joint i'm like no i deliver a baby <laughs> and they're like yeah right yeah right they were like yeah who was delivering a baby I said no, for real. So you my, so ahead. my coworker Adam, who's another biker, who was just passing by there, who who so actually he was holding my bike. He's coming. He's five minutes later. He's pulling in and he's like, "Hey, guess what he's at there?" And he's telling everybody that I delivered. So everybody's like, "Really?" So it's a true story. <laughs> I said, "Well, you think I'm gonna make this up?" Right, you, right. No way. <laughs> Beautiful story. Uh, it is. This reminds me of, of, a st of an event in the 80s where uh, a messenger, um, Pete, I, sorry, I forgot his last name, uh, tackled a bank robber um, and on the street, uh, jumped off his bike, tackled the bank robber and subdued him. And as a result, it was much safer for us. Uh, the police were not harassing us so much for the next few weeks. Mm -hmm. And so um, I just hope that uh, what you have done to me is even more important uh, and gets us um, some better wiggle response. Room. Yeah, thank you. Uh, wiggle room uh, from uh, the police and from uh, the city at large uh, because you earned it for us. And I'm very appreciative. You know, interesting that you say that. Uh, because of that experience and most of the uh, police officers from the Tenderloin showed up there uh, it's interesting you say that they I prior to that I was driving I was on the sidewalk and a lieutenant that was pretty upset was gonna give me a ticket however after that incident a lot of the officers hey Isa how you doing so they're pretty much lean with us uh, you know delirious because especially when it's raining i was apologizing to one of them and he turned around and he said you know what it's okay man you you bikers need to be safe so when it's raining and sweat stay on the sidewalk so i, I thought i was pretty i'm I, I mean I, it's it's interesting that you point that out because that's my experience a lot of these officers they remember what I did, and so they give us because it's kind of dangerous up there when it's wet. You oh, know absolutely. what I mean? Yeah, especially now more than ever because you got all that oily. Exactly. Because so, it hasn't rained for so long. Well, that was very thoughtful of the of the officer to say that. That's a very rare yeah, uh, moment that needs to be. Uh, 
you know, right. celebrated, of course, you know, hopefully there'll be more when that, that see it that way, you know? When heroes sure, become ambassadors. We, if we touch one another in our common humanity, that's the only way we can, we're going to be able to survive. We're going to be able to go beyond this. It's called doing more together than any of us can do on our own, the whole being greater than the sum of its parts. Hey, Val. So we got some well, music. Yeah, we do, got to, we do have some music. Uh, thank you, Esau. Thanks for coming in to tell your story. Thanks for saving a life on the streets of San Francisco. Oh, yeah. That's the kind of story we need to hear because uh, you know we know the other we know the opposite. Dogpaw Howard, thanks for uh, bringing your fellow uh, bike messenger in, and uh, yeah, put, putting out the good putting out the good word. Oh yeah, a good story. Good stuff. Good news. Right now, not 1957. <laughs> But right now, it's been a long, strange trip. But here we are, around this table, going out to you, around the planet, on Mutiny Radio. That's right. And here's the Skunkadelics. I know, off their album, Almost As Good As Bad Pizza.
that was a super energized song. Uh, I know everything is going to be fine. That's a song I know from the Skunkadelics off their album. Uh, I think it's called Better Than Bad Pizza. What is it called? Uh, I just had it a second ago, but that was really fun. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the request, Dog Paw. Thanks for bringing in friends uh, to tell stories about superhero bike messengers oh yeah so the album is called almost as good as bad pizza but from the skunkadelics lots of fun and i see that our friend james conrad is back um and blood flowers at the piano so we're going to hear from james's novel zordo clean's house 2016 hello folks hope you're having a happy new fear so far uh my name is james conrad and uh, I've got a book in my hands here, uh, Zurdo Clean's House. Uh, you can't see it if you're, on, if you're listening, because I'm on radio. Now, um, gonna take us back just a little bit. And previously, in episode 49 of Zurdo Clean's House, what if somebody decided to kill a person who did them and God knows how many others serious harm? Are you talking about revenge, my son? asked Father Leon. Well, I was thinking it was more along the lines of protecting innocent people from dying or having their lives ruined. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I bring you episode 50 of Zordo Clean's House. On June 11th, 2011, Gregory Keane turned 63. To celebrate, his stepson Casey took him out for dinner at his favorite steakhouse. After they finished eating, they climbed into Casey's van and drove to Greg's house. Along the way, Casey picked up a 12-pack of beer, of which Greg consumed the lion's share as they spent the next two hours in his living room watching television. "Uh Uh-oh, said Greg, his face a little flushed as he gave Casey a playful but subtly coercive look. We're out of beer. Yeah, I'll get some, said Casey, standing up and walking toward the door. You'd better, you son of a bitch, growled Greg, his voice full of menacing ridicule. It's my birthday. Plus, they stopped selling beer at two o'clock, so hurry the hell up. Casey turned around for a moment, looked his stepfather in the eye, and smiled. Don't worry, he said. I'm all over it. Casey stepped outside the house, climbed into his van, and drove to the 7-Eleven on Almaden Expressway, arriving a little after midnight. There, he bought a fresh six-pack of beer and picked up Zordo, who'd been waiting for him there for just under half an hour. So what's the plan? asked Zordo as he took a seat in the back and fastened his safety belt. Just chill out back there for a minute, said Casey, starting the engine. I'll keep him occupied. As soon as everything's ready, I'll come and get you. Okay, said Zordo. Casey drove back to his stepfather's house, opened the door to the carport attached to the house using the remote control strapped to the driver's side visor, pulled inside, and shut the door behind him. Next, he turned off the engine, grabbed the beer, stepped outside the car, and went into the house through the door inside the carport. Once he made his way to the living room, he saw his stepfather sprawled upon the couch, drunk and unconscious. Leaning over, he gave him a gentle nudge. Gregory stirred, opened his eyes, and looked up to see Casey standing over him, six-pack in hand. Huh? He said, sitting up a little dazed. What is it? 
I got some more beer, like you said, said Casey with a smile, showing his stepfather the six-pack. Oh, said Greg, lying back once more. Just put it in the fridge. You sure? asked Casey as his stepfather closed his eyes and went back to sleep. He stood there for a few months while Greg snoozed, then walked around the ground floor, then the second, closing every window. Once that was done, he made his way back to the carport. Casey climbed inside his van and peered into the back where Zordo sat cross-legged in his stocking feet, looking over a printed set of instructions for the lighting control panel with a keychain flashlight. All set, said Casey. He's out cold. Okay, said Zordo, folding up the instructions and pocketing them along with the flashlight. Where's the control panel? Just on the other side of the door, to the right. Gotcha, said Zordo. He climbed out of the van and walked toward the doorway to the kitchen. Thank you very much, folks. My name is James Conrad. This is the Common Thread Collective at Mutiny Radio at 21st in Florida in the Mission of San Francisco. Tune in next week, same time frame thereabouts, same Mutiny channel for episode 51 of Zordo Cleans House. And soon, folks, we will learn why this book is called Zordo Cleans House. You'll see. <laughs> Take care, folks. Back to you, Diamond Dave and Val. <laughs> oh, James Conrad, leaving us hanging every week, every week. And I know there are 77 episodes of Zerto Clean's House, in a, in a good way, in a good way. That's right, Bloodflower. And thank you for playing piano, creating that, uh, the score, we can say, for uh, that, uh, this, this novel by James Conrad, Zerto Clean's House. You can buy it on Amazon, and I think you should. And I believe, well, uh, and Rainbow and, uh, and Drift, Drift are, are gonna, setting up. They are setting up. That's wonderful. Welcome back, guys. Uh, it's, it's so great to have all these friends and, and folks come down every week um, or, or any week and to be part of the Common Thread Collective. You are listening to the Common Thread Collective on mutinyradio.fm and broadcasting live from the corner of 21st in Florida. So we hope you can come down and join us sometime, um, just as so many folks do. And... Uh, and another another friend we've got, DJ Rubble here. Welcome back. Hey, DJ Rubble. You Thanks. know, Val, it's a, I, I just want to second that because it's just amazing and how each week could be builds to the week after, you know? Because mm-hmm. I think with our brother here, our brother, uh, uh, our brother here, I'm talking about Edwin Lido coming in. Lindo. And Lido and being a connection Lindo. not only with what he's about and building these campaigns, building this movement, mm-hmm. then more and more I can see that there's a natural fit as we become a, become a voice of social, cultural, and personal change, you know? It's true. And, uh, you know, Dave, a couple of weeks back when we did our last show of the year on December 18th, um, we were looking ahead. We had Tim Redman in here, for, previously of the SF Bay Guardian and uh, the editor of 48hills.org. And, um, you know, we were, we were looking ahead and saying 2016 is a, is a big year, and we're happy to be here as a, a, well, as a, as a media outlet for the community. Uh, we welcome you to come down and join us and, and talk with us and talk to all our listeners, our thousands of listeners out there. And uh, we thank you and love you, too. So... 
And remember, too, the podcast goes up as soon as the show is over. Is that right? It's true. Oh, and I also want to make a special announcement about that. So if you're going, if you've been listening for a long time, um, sometimes when I post uh, to Common Thread Collective on Facebook, um, I put out the the direct link um, to our podcasts. So, there's actually two different links, <laughs> of course. Nothing, not making it too easy. Um, so if you go to mutinyradio.fm, um, you'll notice that when you go there, it directs you to our website. But it also, the name of the website is uh, from a previous era, pcrcollective.org. Uh, so you'll you'll see at the top. So a lot of our uh, our podcasts are indexed. Um, the page when you when you go to it it says pcrcollective.org slash whatever the show is so um initially and for a very long time it was uh, slash diamond dave um we've got a new page up there now that you can find directly through mutinyradio.fm and it's slash common third collective so if you go to mutinyradio.fm go to podcasts find us on friday click on common thread collective you'll see just our most recent shows that have been up there since about september um but don't worry our previous shows are still there if you type in the same uh website you'll see or the same uh page uh, that you see common thread collective on just erase that type in diamond dave and you'll get the index of all of last year's shows and some from the previous year and of course we actually have some archives that go back several years um, that are going to be available soon uh, we're working on getting our new website up which is going to uh, make all of our past shows available so uh, if you're listening um, if you're a listener and you want to check it out it's all still available um, and uh, a lot of the older shows will be to be uh, forthcoming Beautiful. As I say, the past shakes hands with the future of the now, right now. Today is the first day of the rest of our life. And in fact, uh, here's one of our far from correspondents. I'm talking about DJ Rebel. Rebel, have you just Rebel? What have you discovered? Rebel. Rebel. Yeah, here the it Rebel. is. Um, I've, got, I've got an announcement to get in here before we get back to some of the entertainers here. Um, you must know Keith McHenry. The, Since um, he first appeared from Boston, carrying the message of food not bombs here from Boston, and we started serving, getting a loop, and have some soup. No time to frown, time to chow down. The food not bombs is the key. The food we have is every fr- and that's going back to the 80s. So go ahead. Yeah, I showed up from Boston in the early 90s, um, and he was a comrade at San Francisco Liberation Radio, and of course an avowed anarchist. Now he's in the news again, and he's going to be here. Um, This is not a good situation and no different than what he faced here and what people face here all the time. Um, Food Not Bombs co-founder Keith McHenry faces new criminal charges for his work to defend the rights of the poor. Um, Facing three misdemeanor charges in Santa Cruz Superior Court as a result of his work to defend the rights of the poor, the original case stemmed from an action where McHenry replaced 33 what he's calling blue artist boxes on Pacific Avenue downtown Santa Cruz that the city had just arbitrarily removed. Um, He decided to put them back. Um, On December 8th, the DA told the court that a warrant had been issued for his arrest in a new case where he had been charged with quote-unquote offensive words under California Penal Code 415. Now, we'd all be in jail if that charge was put out on us. The other new misdemeanor was quote-unquote failure to obey a police officer, which we ought to have the right to disobey them sometimes, because he claimed that he told McHenry to use a crosswalk at City Hall at midnight during 
the Freedom Sleepers protest. So these are the charges. Um, and, you know, this is McHenry's history anyway. Um, now, what they're trying to do is give him an alternative to jail and dropping some of the charges in the face of a plea bargain. And one of the things the plea bargain does, besides the fact that you're under martial law, whenever you're on probation for a probation officer, they can threaten to and throw you back in for anything. Sometimes you'd be better off fighting the charges. But this one says he could get work release instead of two months in jail if he has a, a, a year's worth of stay-away order from Pacific Avenue Mall and all of those places around Santa Cruz. He can't do that. He's, uh, that's that's part of where he is. I just want to say that when you, when you take a bite of, of Keith McHenry, you've bit off more than you can chew. He's no, uh, I'll just put it that way, if I can put it that way. So go ahead. Now, what's going on here, Tuesday, he's, he's on a tour. Okay, let's bring him now, here. Now, and he's, he's, oh, he's coming to um, San Francisco, Tuesday, January 12th, 7 to 9 p.m., Green Apple Books, okay, 506 Apple. Clement Street, 7 p.m. So we're looking at 7 p.m. the 12th, which is this coming Tuesday. That's right. At Green Apple Books. Um, now, McHenry has published what this article says a lot of people have wanted to publish and have never published, an anarchist cookbook. Cookbook came out long ago, uh, but, uh, but this may be a well, an anarchist cookbook. This might be a supplement, but I know. I thought, I thought there was an anarchist there cookbook, was. but it, what it, it is? It got notorious because it had uh, it had uh, recipes for Molotov cocktails and the like. Uh, that's not his anarchist books. To his uh, his anarchist cookbook, uh, cookbook has to do, I'm sure, feeding excellent food uh, for very little money to good people, uh, good nutritious food. That's the anarchist book. But anyway, and he likes to cook too. He has this kind of song and dance he does where he comes and cooks up in front of everybody and tells his story. That'd be Keith McHenry. Well, here's what it is. Um, topics in the book include the nature of anarchism, approaches to social and political change, what works and what doesn't, avoiding entrapment, entrapment by the FBI, food politics, and vegan recipes and cooking for He's both large and small sure. groups. Well, look, what's, uh, wait, what, what's the name of the book again? Anarchist Cookbook. Anarchist Cookbook. Anarchist but Cookbook. Again, but it may not have a copyright because it's the Anarchist book Cookbook. But anyway, well, that sounds, well, do you have a number for Keith McHenry? Are you in touch with him? I'm not in touch with him. I don't know him that well okay, personally. I do. We're Facebook friends. We've cooked together many times together. We've uh, cooked together, said get in the loop and have some soup. We got arrested together a number of occasions at City Hall. So I'm going to have, so uh, I'm going to do my best to have him call in next week so he can tell his own story. And I'll go down to Green Apple on Tuesday if I possibly can. Yeah, see if he's going to be around for a few days because he, he was the one who introduced me to San Francisco Liberation Radio and it resulted in about 15 straight years of. That's where we first radio. know each other, so. in fact, is it not? Yeah, that's where we. So we're we, all connected. Um, that's part Thank of what we do. So thanks a lot, brother. Thanks, DJ Rebel. Okay, That's, great. Thank you for uh, yeah, highlighting that. We definitely, 
you know, Dave being a, a long, well, a life, lifetime member of Food Not Bombs, right, I guess. But also, uh, you know, a few months ago, we had people calling in from Florida, um, for, I think Fort Lauderdale down in Florida, who were with Food Not Bombs, where it's got the situation's gotten ridiculous. And, and there's been laws passed saying you can't feed people on the street and uh, criminalizing homelessness, criminalizing feeding the homeless. That's really happening in this country. And um, so it's a good thing to keep a keep on top of. And uh, thanks for that And one report. thing to say before I go about this corrupt city is a lot of us that were activists in Boston back then, Food Not Bombs was in Boston. That's where it came from. And um, there was very no little interference at all. They sort of saw it as a good thing as far as what I know. It is, as soon as we came out here, I'm talking about early 90s. That's what we're talking about. It was like the politics and the police around this homelessness and stuff were ratcheted up more than anything I had ever seen And we had we were here for Camp Agnew, and we had that homeless camp in uh, right in front of City Hall. Remember, Food Not Bombs had a 24-hour kitchen there. And uh, of course, well, let me say, let, let's say, I, 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 I just remember I need to say if, uh, Food Not Bombs still exists. In fact, you find me, I was there yesterday. We cook at, that, uh, we cook uh, uh, right across from the BART station at uh, BART station. And so come on through and we serve every Friday and now at six o'clock every Thursday right at the BART station at 60th admission. Food Not Bombs still goes. I'm still it's part of it. Thursday? Every Thursday. Oh, I should look for it. I haven't Come been on around it for years. Come okay. on through. I'm going to keep the uh, address under the uh, the address under the under the under wraps under wraps <laughs> for the time being. But you can connect to me. Come on through, and here we be. And good, here she be. Thank so, uh, you. Yeah, and coming up up next, I see we've got Rainbow and Drift. We're going to play us a couple songs. So take it away, folks. Thank you. Are we ready? We're ready for yeah, you. Okay. All right. Hey, I thought the second one we would do was Butterfly Lament. Are we? Are we ready? We are ready for you. Okay. This is called the color blue. It's a love song to Krishna, Hare Krishna. Let me live and flower 
Lovely, thank you. lovely. Yeah. Because we're going to be, we're going to have to be shutting up early because we're about to pick the business. So give us one more. We'll give you a quick one. Butterfly Lament. If I can't be your sweet loving man, then let me be the ground of your So much Diamond Dave Val for letting me play here. It's always a great thrill. Thank you, you so too. much. Drift and Rainbow. <laughs> so good. See you next week. And now we got Stephanie's come through. So good to see you, Stephanie. Going up. And then oh, and EK just showed up too. Oh wow. So we we'd be doing it. It'd be goddesses galore, oh, sure. sisters glorious around here. That's true, that's true. Hey, Richard, everybody. Another pretty amazing show, isn't it? Another great day in San Francisco. It is. I think we're bringing the sunshine to this winter day. Bringing the sunshine, let the sunshine in. Hey, Stephanie, so good to see you, sister. Tell us Hi. about it. <laughs> that song sounds in my head. That's a very happy song. <laughs> so we just had a new year, as we all know. Uh, it just so happens that I saw something like, you know, 2016 equals the number nine. 
you know, just a mystical number of completion. So I thought that, yeah, the number nine, which in my Tantric Dakini Oracle book is the keys of the universe. So let us just remember that even though my message is a little, a little bit strong today, that really we have the keys to the universe and that it means that we are at the end of a cycle and beginning a new one and that everything that we think is sometimes impossible or we feel like we can't remove or we feel controlled by really nothing's impossible and actually it's just what we're suggesting to ourselves. And wait, hold on, interactive here. Um, I got this coin from the ashram that I live with um, and it says, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. To thine own self be true. Exactly, Good. so. Well, that's the, prayer. <laughs> the serenity prayer. And myself, I have 15 years of sobriety oh. on, on the Red Road, which is a Native American uh, version from the Lakota. And that prayer is, uh, that prayer is translated from the Lakota, it goes like this. Great spirit, whose voice I hear in the wind, whose breath gives life to the world, hear me. I come to you as one of your many children. I'm small and weak. I need your strength and wisdom. May I walk in beauty. It's also called the beauty way, and that's it. And uh, I say that every day, from uh, bound to throughout the day, it comes to me, and I haven't had a drink in 15 years, so take it away. Yeah. Let's get a little round of applause for our brother. Still taking, he chose life. One day at a time. One day. So I guess that is the message of this, is that it's just one day at a time. So um, this song has been coming into my little Tourette's music box often and so I think you guys know it it's Otis Redding yeah change is gonna come so I hope you don't mind I'll be doing it acapella I think I need to stand for it though <laughs> I was born by a river in this little old tent and just like this river I I've been running ever since. It's been a long, long time. A long time coming, but I know change is going to come. Oh, yes, it is. And it's been too hard living, but I'm afraid to die. I don't know what's up there on the clouds but it's been a long long time a long time coming and I know change is gonna come oh yes it is and there's a time that I'll go to my brothers and I said brother won't you help me please and he turned me down. And I said, oh, I asked my dear sweet mother. I said, mother, I'm down, I'm down on my knees. And it's been time that I thought, Lord, 
this couldn't last for very long but but somehow i thought i would be able to carry on but it's been a long long time a long time coming so i know change has gotta come and it's been, it's been so long, so long, a little too long, but I know change has got to come. And it's so tired, I'm so tired of this suffering, and I stand by myself, I stand up alone, but change has got to come, and I know, and you know, and you know that I know, and I know that you know that change has got to come, and change has got to come, oh yes, it will. <laughs> Beautiful, <laughs> Stephanie. So it will come. It does come. Dave and we can direct how it comes. So accept the things you cannot change, but change the things that you can. Amen. You're at the bottom looking up. Word. Keeping that looking up. Coming together. Stephanie, so glad to have you here. Love you, sister. It's about uh, doing more together than any of us can do on our own. It's about getting on the same page. It's getting out of the box. It's about pushing the envelope of social, cultural, political, and personal change. Mm -hmm. That's right. All of that. Change the things we can and, can and accept the things we can't. And we're constantly working because we're not always sure what's happening. I say E.K. is here, yep. a poet. And Richard's back. And E.K. and I do. In fact, I'm inviting you right now. We do every year. It's called Poems Under the Dome. Did you hear about that? Mm -mm. Okay, this is a vision I had 11 years ago. I was standing there at Alamo Park, looking down at City Hall and all its new goldness. Suddenly I had a vision. And the vision was, what a great place to do an open mic. What a great place to do an open mic for the spoken word, I thought. And I thought for a second, oh, well, well, I can do that. So I ran down to City Hall and ran into, then uh, Matt Gonzalez, who was the head of the Board of Supervisors then. He's gone back to other things. He's an artist as well. I said, Matt, I have this idea. Let's do an open mic under the dome, poems under the dome, City Hall. Uh, mother of all open mics. He said, that's a good idea. Now we're about our do, do our 11th. It's going to be, when is it going to be, E.K.? And E.K. and I work on that. Where She's my partner for most of those years. Uh, she's a poet, E.K. Keith. A hey, poet Dave. And a, and a, a, a organizer, a community person. And what's the date for the uh, Poems Under the Dome this year? The magic date for the 11th annual Poems Under the Dome this year is Thursday, April 28th. It's going to be awesome, and everybody should show up. That's for sure. So you're welcome, <laughs> sister. Thank you. Thanks for coming. I just want to invite everyone, all the listeners and everyone here, to the open mic at Mission Cultural Center. Oh, it's the third Thursday of the month. I'll be hosting it with my friend Andre. It's great. Yeah, please come out. So in other words, yeah, remind me, and, and of course, we got a back and forth of I'll come there, and you come here, and uh, that's what you say. Let's do that again. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And it's and called, once again, I said, doing more together than any of us can do on our own. That's right. We got EK here uh, organizing Poems Under the Dome 11. And we've got uh, Richard Yeah, Sandra but I'm not alone, Val. Oh, and of course not. I, I'm not alone. I, I have you and Dave to help me out every year, and that's just awesome. This is true. I, I, I enjoy being a part of it. I thought you did it all. <laughs> well, she she she's modest. <laughs> I'm in charge of freaking out, <laughs> and I'm in charge of uh, keeping everybody calm. <laughs> it works really well. Color me surprised. <laughs> <laughs> 
So let's have a little uh, poetry session, shall we? A few minutes of uh, po- poetry exchange, because e- Richard's ready? got a, a, an event also organizing oh. for po- for Diamond Dave. That's right. The well, Corette yes. Auditorium. We talked about it earlier with Dan yes. Brady. Well, uh, while E.K. is looking, I'll jump in and say that. Um, yes, yeah, so just to remind everybody, uh, one way you can contact us, of course, I have to say nobody's done this yet, is honoring dd at yahoo.com h-o-n-o-r-i-n-g at yahoo.com it's happening on uh, groundhog's day february 2nd 4 30 to 7 30 downstairs in the crowd auditorium it's free and uh, let us know if you want to share a story or read a poem or uh, just come and honor the man like i say it's free you don't have to come and uh, participate but participating by coming and learning about the man and if you don't know anything about the man this is a place to come and learn uh, we're still lucky to have him on the planet so uh, we can't uh, we can't dally because none of us are getting any younger so no dallying <laughs> but you can, you can do it during the day you're not almost 80 to see Diamond day. you're only Ooh. 78 did you hear that <laughs> okay all right Chronologically speaking, <laughs> times around the sun. Came on the planet 11 12, 1937. It's pretty good. And still here January 8th, 2016. And here we are. Today's a good day, Doing too. Doing the Common Thread Collective. All right. Who's got a poem? Well, I guess I got a poem. All for right, E.K. I do. You know, there's there's been a lot going on in the last couple of years. And... Due to increased telecommunications, the the internet and whatnot, we're all learning more and more about each other and about experiences that may be different from our own. And so this is uh, this is something I wrote in the wake of you know in the in the in the blossoming of the Black Lives Matter movement that I appreciate and participate in and support and uh, so this is a reflection on that when I was a little girl I thought that black power was a superpower whose side effects included snazzy clothes groovy moves and awesome afros it was the 70s even now As I learn about the history I was too young to understand, I still feel black power as a superpower whose side effects include equality, liberty, and justice. Nice, EK. Thanks, dude. Very cool. Didn't you love those impressions you have when you're younger that, that later on you realize, oh, that was something totally different, or yep. or uh, or or definitely not what I th- not what you thought, right? not what you understood it, not what you knew at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's the new year, and I'm working up a lot of new poems. So I hope to have more new stuff soon. Very exciting. Oh, thank you. You you probably can't help yourself. You probably can't help yourself. Not usually. That's oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when it, it just comes, right? That's that's what the muse does. So, Richard, you've Any got more? some. 
No, that's oh. it. Uh, EK always leaves us wanting more. <laughs> that's that's part of her charm. It's part of her charm. Brevity. So rich. Uh, so speaking of brevity, Dave, oh, let's yeah. go to Richard. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. The brevity, the brevity comment was for Dave, uh, not for you, Richard. All right. Richard. Well, uh, you know, I'm going to do a praise piece today uh, on Freddie King. I don't know if anybody remembers Freddie King. Oh, well, hell yeah. All right. We got a hell like yeah that. from All right. from out there. Well, okay. Um, the kings have gone. The kings of the blues have gone. Long live the kings. Crawling king snake is saddened. B.B., the last of the kings, passed. Albert before and Freddie, the first to go at 42. He loved them all, but he loved Freddie the best. Texas blues coupled with the hard-driving Chicago blues. Freddie gave the blues a new edge. One of the best things that ever come out of Texas outside of Dr. Loco and all the stories of talents he knows where the snake is unschooled. Freddie, a hard-driving working guitar player who would make you jump, stomp, and holler, scream and shout with joy. Blues run red with love, makes you want to smile, makes you cry. He could, he could howl with the best of the howling wolves. If you... If you've ever been mistreated, you know just what I'm talking about. As he could walk you through the blues with the flavor of Jimmy Rogers, walking he cries blues, cleans that almost screams raw with the gritty licks of joy. Freddie, you can make, make me get up and dance, shake your hips. Remember how to shake your hips? He took you to the palace of the king that was living on the highway. He begged someone help me through the day that brings cleansing rains. He was the boogeyman, the king-sized boogeyman. No one can do it like I can. Crawling King Snake loved this piece. It would make him swoon and shake his shaker in ecstasy. Give him that black, be that backbeat, that bump and grind, that great takeoff. Listen to the group of musicians cooperate. Is sanctified, cleansed, freed, and with their truth. This made Snake want to get together with Coyote. Only so much satisfaction playing to album CDs. Coyote's mate who, mate who goes by Cassandra is out with the pups, and Coyote and Cassandra need to give Coyote intelligence to fill up intelligent pups, pups' minds. Since Snake can't do it live with another musician, he puts on more Freddie King and plays along with the King live. No, not Elvis. Freddie! <laughs> nice. I'm glad you said that. It's actually Elvis's birthday today. Oh well, I, I want to make that clear. <laughs> I, then. I only I only know that because uh, somebody I know is uh, his birthday today. It's also David Bowie's birthday today. Well, uh, 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 actually, John Trudell John Trudell did uh, a Boom Boom Chain. It's about it's about Elvis Presley, but he, he he's singing about Elvis Presley before the army, before they killed Elvis. So. Uh, I have to appreciate that song just for that. But um, it's still Freddy. Fried peanut butter sandwiches killed oh, well, Elvis. You know, he, he, actually, you know, Elvis, I mean, uh, his drug it's habit. It's actually good. It was his drug <laughs> habit that killed him. Yeah, he well. used to call, you know, he had like his own pharmacist who would who would like show up at his house. You know, he was Elvis, so he, he could find that, that pharmacist who could help him out. A Freddie King. Maybe we could end with some Freddie King. I just found some Freddie King. Right, thanks so we to think alike. I've been doing this so many years now. Yeah. Well, it we came in as a, a late request out there from well, uh, James uh, Conrad. Nice. I was when I said Freddie. Yeah, he did. Up, uh, uh, are we winding up? We, we, we're we're going to play this song from Freddie well, King. Me, before you do, let me read my uh, roomie. Okay. Uh, because it fits in somehow, because I opened up at random. 
I'm going to be uh, featuring Hafiz next, but this is what I think it all fits in. That's the great thing, the common thread. This is the common thread collective, and our belief is it all fits in. <laughs> the sun is love. The lover, a speck circling the sun. A spring wind moves to dance, to moves to dance any branch that isn't dead. You hear out there, people? Any branch that isn't dead, the spring wind as soon to come will move us. So stay alive. It's good to be alive, I say. Something opens our wings. Something's make, something makes boredom and hurt to disappear. That's what we like to try to do. That's what we're trying to do. This could be a theme. Something makes boredom and hurt disappear. Someone fills the, someone fills the cup in front of us. We taste only sacredness. Held like this to draw in milk, no will. Tasting clouds of milk, never so content. I stand up, and this one of me turns into a hundred of me. They say I circle around you. Nonsense. I circle around me. So we're putting it out there. This that was from the 14th century, and here we are so many years later, circling around the planet. Hey, Val, E-A-K, Richard, this be that common thread collective, circling it around planet. Circle around you, and you circle around me, and we circle around we.
Yeah, Freddie King going down. That there's some there's some music for you. None of this modern day teeny bopper stuff. And it's making me sound like an old person by saying teeny bopper stuff. Um, but there's that's, that's some real music there. And so our next performer and perhaps our final performer of this show this afternoon, James Zealous at the microphone with the blood flower on piano doing a reading. Take it away, guys. Thank you, Global Val. This is Mr. Bloodflower on the piano. It's Mr. J. Krishnamurti on relationship. How can I be free from fear? What is fear? Fear exists only in relationship to something. It does not exist by itself. Fear comes into being in relationship to an idea, to a person with regard to the loss of property and so on. One may be afraid of death which is the unknown. There is fear of public opinion and what people will say. Fear of losing a job. Fear of being scolded or nagged. There are various forms of fear, deep and superficial, but all fear is in relationship to something. So, when we ask can I be free from fear? It really means, can I be free from our relationship? Do you understand? If it is relationship that is causing fear, then to ask if one can be free from fear is like asking if one can live in isolation. Obviously no human being can do that. There is no such thing as living in isolation. One can live only in relationship. So to be free from fear, one must understand relationship. The relationship of the mind to its own ideas, to certain values. The relationship between husband and wife, between man and his property, between man and society. If I can understand my relationship with you, then there is no fear. Because fear does not exist by itself. It is self-created in relationship. Our problem, then, is not how to overcome fear, but to find out first of all what our relationship is now and what right relationship is. We do not have to establish right relationship because in the very understanding of relationship, right relationship comes into being. I think it is important to see that Nothing can live in isolation. 
even though you may become a monk or hermit, put on a loincloth and seclude yourself. Isolate yourself in a belief. No human being can live in isolation. But the mind is pursuing isolation. In the self-enclosure of my experience, my belief, my wife, my husband, my property, which is a process of exclusion. The mind is seeking isolation in all its relationships, and hence, there is fear. So our problem is to understand relationship. Now what is relationship? When you say, I am related, what does that mean? Apart from the purely physical relationship, the contact through blood, through heredity, our relationship is based on ideas, is it not? We are examining what is, not what should be. Our relationship at present is based on ideas, on ideation as to what we think is relationship, that is, our relationship with everything is a state of dependency. Hmm? I believe in a certain idea because that belief gives me comfort, security, a sense of well-being. It acts as a means of disciplining controlling, holding my thought in line. So my relationship to that idea is based on dependence. And if you remove my belief in it, I am lost. I do not know how to think, how to evaluate. Without the belief in God or in the belief there is no God, I feel insecure. So I depend on that belief. It's not our relationship with each other, a state of psychological dependency. I'm not talking about physiological interdependence, which is entirely different. I depend on my son because I want him to be something that I am not. He is the fulfillment of all my hopes, my desires. He is my immortality, my continuation. So my relationship with my son, with my wife, with my children, with my neighbors is a state of psychological dependency. And I'm fearful of being in a state, a state in which there is no dependence. I do not know what that means. Therefore, I depend on books, on relationship, on society. I depend on property to give me security, prestige, position. And if I do not depend on these things, then I depend on the experiences I have had, on my own thoughts, on the greatness of my pursuits. Psychologically, then, our relationships are based on dependence, and that is why there is fear. The problem is not how not to depend, but just to see the fact that we do depend. Hmm. 
Where there is attachment, there is no love. Because you do not know how to love, you depend. And so there is fear. What is important is to see the fact and not ask how to love or how to be free from fear. You may momentarily forget your fear through various amusements, through listening to the radio, through reading the scriptures or going to a temple, but they are all escapes. There is not much difference between a man who takes a drink and a man who takes two religious books. Between those who go to the supposed house of God and those who go to the cinema. Because they're all escaping. But as you are listening, if you can really see the fact that where there is dependency in relationship, there must be fear, must be sorrow. That where there is attachment, there can be no love. If you are listening, if as you are listening now, you can just see that simple fact and comprehend it instantaneously, then you will find that an extraordinary thing takes place without refuting, accepting, or giving opinions about it without quoting this or that. Just listen to the fact that there is, where there is attachment, there is no love. And where there is dependency, there is fear. I am talking of psychological dependency. None of your dependence on the milkman to bring you milk. Your dependence on the railway over a bridge. It is this inward psychological dependency on ideas, on people, on property that breeds fear so you cannot be free from fear as long as you do not understand relationship and relationship can be understood only when the mind watches all its relationships which is the beginning of self-knowledge now can you listen to all this easily without effort effort exists only when you're trying to get something when you're trying to be something but if without trying to be free from fear you are able to listen to the fact that attachment destroys love then that very fact will immediately free the mind from fear there can be no freedom from fear as long as there is no understanding of relationship. Which means, really, as long as there is no self-knowledge, the self is revealed only in a relationship. And observing the way I talk to my neighbor, the way I regard property, the way I cling to belief, or to experience, or to knowledge, that is, in discovering my own dependency, I begin to awaken to the whole process of self-knowledge. So how to overcome fear? 
is not important. You can take a drink and forget it. You can go to the temple and lose yourself in prostration, in muttering words, in devotion. But fear awaits around the corner when you come out. There is the cessation of fear. Only when you understand your relationship to all things. And that understanding does not come into being if there is no self-knowledge. Self-knowledge is not something far away. It becomes, it begins here, now. In observing how you treat others, your wife, your children, relationship is the mirror in which you see yourself as you are. Mm. If you're capable of looking at yourself, as you are, without any evaluation, then there is the secession of fear. And out of that comes a extraordinary sense of love. Love is something that cannot be cultivated. Love is not a thing to be bought by the mind. If you say, I'm going to practice being compassionate, then compassion is a thing of the mind and therefore not love. Hmm. Love comes into being darkly, unknowingly, fully. When we understand this whole process of relationship, hmm. then the mind is quiet. It does not fill the heart with the things of the mind. And therefore, that which is love can come into being. Well, I certainly uh, find relationship with the muse. Thank you, James Ellis. Thank you, Bloodflower. And to wrap it up today on today's show, uh, our relationship to all things uh, as we creative folks sit around here. And I think everyone's creative in some way, even if you don't think you are, look a little, look a little harder. Um, and I think 2016 is the year of the muse. And so here's my poem. And then now I'm going to play a song for us to go out on. In English, it's to muse. In Spanish, it's meditar. To let that which comes, come. To listen for the voice that is not ours. That vital visitor, that standing sage, that fitful fool, that which composes clarity in the chaos. To muse, meditar. To watch the dance unfold, to give in to inspiration, the absurd and the spectacular. Come to the quiet with fits of joy, melt by its heat and cry. Sit and open every door. Let it tickle every pore. Let it wash upon your shores, making castles 
out of grains. Thanks everybody for being part of the Common Thread Collective. I'm Global Val. You guys are amazing. I'm blown away every week. Blown away every week. Yes, Dave, to be continued indeed. And uh, we're so happy to be here at mutinyradio.fm. Come join us some Friday in the corner of 21st in Florida. The song I'm going to leave you with this, uh, this evening is a song uh, performed and written by a 14-year-old First Nations activist and singer. Um, her name is Takaya Blaney. Uh, 14 years old, um, from the Tala'amin First Nation north of Vancouver, Canada. She performed this song in Paris recently at the International Tribunal on the Rights of Nature. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. So we love you here from the Common Thread Collective. Thanks so much. And we'll see you in here next week. And I, I got this from uh, Democracy Now! posted it. So thank you, Democracy Now! Look down, you stand on common ground, drink the water, breathe the air, roots in nature is what we all share. Earth cries for unity and there's a window of opportunity. Every step's the front line, we're showing up our vital lines. You're Hiding all the danger signs so If you want to turn the world all around We gotta turn it upside down Children all unite to keep alive our way of life, to keep alive our way of life. We've all gotta unify, we've all gotta unify. Join hands with the future of our land. Speak the language of practices, Mother Earth won't heal without our bandages. Final hour and final measure to save the culture that we treasure. Want to turn the world around? You gotta turn it upside down.
Anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite. I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby. Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive, pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutinyradio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> You look like the kind of person who has a sense of humor. Uh, is the radio talking to me? No, I'm on an internet podcast. Uh, I'm talking to an internet podcast? Don't be silly. It's a one-way form of communication. But I don't want you to miss out on the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016 from March 2nd through 6th. And you don't have to. You can buy tickets now on universe.com with 24 national and international visiting comedians and 20 local hosts you won't want to miss a thing what if I can't be at every show don't worry all shows will be available for free download at mutinyradio.fm until the internet falls apart <laughs> 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 
Oh, podcast god, I can't wait to listen to all these great comedy shows and everything else that's cool and muniradio.fm before the internet falls apart. You too won't want to miss a bit of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival from March 2nd through 6th, 2016. Buy tickets now. Brought to you by Subliminal SF, PBR, The Eagle SF, Brainwash Cafe, Asiento, and the great people at Alta California Botanicals. Have you heard of Subliminal SF? Visual and auditory mind control. Graphic design, physical merchandise, live music promotions. Go! www.subliminalsf.com for the most amazing t-shirts you've ever seen graphic design for every need and live music promotion at some of the best bars in san francisco that's subliminal sf visual and auditory mind control go to subliminalsf.com now Good evening there, my friends, here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pam Dash. Six o'clock, guys. It's time for the happy hour on Mutiny Radio, the happiest of hours of comedy. It's open mic, so don't expect.